Sixth grade announcer G Force O'Neill with Charlie the Dog. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Ron Don's free buyer and seller playbook. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 376 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Ukraine and how a lot of people are helping the folks in Ukraine. Also, sex education right now, my son's school, it is happening. Boy, we had some interesting uh, talks this week. Before we get to that, though, uh, let's get to this. Uh, we 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 sold a house yesterday, and, and I, I'm not going to use the real names of all the family members here. I know that they listen to the running down train. We'll just call it Teen Jane, and Jane is 85 years young, and she has been living in a house here in Seattle for decades. And she raised her family in this house. And her, her, her son passed away, or I'm sorry, her husband had passed away a number of years ago. But she continued to live in this house by herself. It's a 5,500-square-foot house. It is a 12-car garage, you guys. This thing's amazing. It has three fireplaces, three decks. It's on a big double lot. It is awesome. And anyway, uh, this particular house is so unique that I went to some realtors early on and I said, hey, you work in this neighborhood. Would you mind taking a look at this house for me? Because it's on such a big double lot, there's going to be a builder that's going to want to tear this house down and want to build two houses on it. Or you could actually build more than two houses. You could probably put six doors on this piece of property. But I And, and we hadn't worked on the house yet. We hadn't cleaned it up. The the The... The family hadn't started doing their work yet. It's so much work on this house. And I just I just really felt in, in my heart of hearts, I was kind of rooting for the house, that, that we could somehow save the house. And so in my mind, you know, builders were, were telling us, hey, we pay one three one four for the house. Then we talked to some real estate agents, and they said, well, retail-wise, you know, maybe you're at one five or, or one six, but it's a really different type of house. And some agents that have worked – in this neighborhood, and even knew that house, uh, two of them told me, you're never going to be able to sell that retail. They said, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to tear that house down and sell it to a builder. That's, that's the only way that that house is going to get sold. So I disagreed with them. I think the family disagreed with them. I think Ron disagreed with them. And we appreciated that information. And it just made us get to work because we said, you know, uh, there's a really cool house here. There's a really cool, um, this is a really cool piece of real estate. This is, this is two kitchens in it. So you could really have two different families living at the same time if you want to. Uh, anyway, we end up bringing this thing to market and we brought it on at just under $2 million. We sold it last night uh, for more than that. I won't give you the exact dollar amount. Uh, but I have to say, when I put my head on my pillow last night, 
knowing that we had sold a house that a biller would pay one three one four for, being told by great agents it's worth one five one six, and then we did so much work on this house. Adrian was over there staging. Zach was over there doing uh, fixing the second kitchen, putting a new floor in. Uh, the daughters were over there making sure a new water tank got put in, that every room was clean, the carpets were clean. Uh, you can imagine after a family's lived there for decades and decades and decades, that there was a lot of stuff that the family had to sit, sift through. And they did it. They, they put in the time and they did it. And so even though as we brought this house to market, we didn't paint every room. We painted a couple of the rooms. We didn't stage every room. Uh, there's, there's up to eight bedrooms in this house, somewhere between six and eight bedrooms, depending on how you look at the house. Uh, five or six bathrooms, depending on how you look at the house. So we just did our very best. And I, I just, I just, when we put this house on, I really, I really was just praying for $2 million for, for this house and, and for this family. And, and not only did we hit that number, but Ron, we did a little bit better. And I just, I'm glad that we trusted our instincts on this one. And, and even though we're younger in this real estate business, I've been buying and selling real estate for a long time. And so have, have you in this neighborhood. And sometimes I just ignore other agents. And because we ignored other agents, uh, we may have gotten six or 700 or 800,000 more dollars for this piece of property than another agent would have gotten for it if they would have gone to this family and convinced them Hey, you got to sell this to a builder. This is a teardown. I mean, credit to you. You are a world-class ignorer. You've been ignoring me for like over 40 years. So <laughs> you are great at ignoring people. But uh, yeah, and, and on a serious note, credit to you. Like I think I, I'm someone that likes data. I like to look at the trends. I like to have numbers in front of me on a screen or a sheet of paper so I can try to sort of look at and analyze in that way. And, and you are, while you appreciate that stuff, I think you have a more intuitive way that you do it. You're a feel player, as they would say uh, in the poker community. Uh, like you, you, you play it more with your gut and with your instinct. And most of the time you've been right on those. So like in a sense, we kind of willed it uh, to this place and had faith uh, I, I don't believe in that, like, um, what was that? The, the notebook or the whatever thing? The notebook. Yeah. Like, I, I don't believe in that stuff. But I do think there's, there is something to, if you step into a thing with confidence, knowing that you've done your work, and you put that out there into the marketplace, that I think people can feel that. I think people in the buying community can feel that, like, hey, these guys are squared away. Like they've, they've done the work in this. Uh, and even though it's, it wasn't perfect by any means, you can see that there was an effort. You can see that we all got together and we're pulling in the same direction. And when you walked into that space, I think you could feel the family. I think you could feel the memories. I think you could feel this was a place where a lot of love happened. And um, this was a place where life events happened. This was a place that people care about. And while that is a little bit woo-woo, we've all stepped into spaces before where, where you go, the people in this building don't give a rip. Uh, the, the, something bad has gone down in this building. 
Uh, I have felt that many times walking into places and you had a different vibe, a different energy in this house. And you, in a, in a sense, bottled that more than I did. And I think bottled that, put it into that house. And when the buyers walked in there, I think they felt that, responded to it. And I think they could picture themselves creating the next chapter of this building, making it their own. And I was thrilled. I was, I was so jacked. I, I barely slept last night because I was just up. Uh, like the energy and the adrenaline and all that stuff, just I, I was up um, after putting that deal together. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the cool thing about all that is we had to present the house not as a teardown. We had to present the house as this is an amazing house and someone would want to live in this for decades more and make more memories. One of the daughters was married in that house. The Christmases, the pictures I saw. Uh, some of the cool cars that were parked in the driveway and parked in the garage, just so many cool things have happened in that house, in that neighborhood. So, um, and just, if you're a young realtor out there and you have a property, Tamara Marson taught me this. It's one of our, uh, one of our great mentors at Windermere. She said, you know, it, it, get other realtors opinions and that's fine. And then she said, Don, whatever, you just have to believe in the property. And if, and if you believe in it and you present it in such a way that you show people that you believe in it and you present it with excellence, uh, then, because it would have been easy. I, we probably could have convinced them to sell to a builder. And, and we weren't going to go that route. And even on the retail side, I, I thought the numbers of those realtors, I, thought, I just thought the numbers were too low. Uh, but they were also looking at the house before we had done any of the work. So, and some of them just said, Hey, you know what I would do? I would just vacuum it. I wouldn't stage it. I wouldn't waste a bunch of money on pictures and Matterport. I would just put it up for sale and then, uh, see who wants, who see who wants to buy it. So, uh, so we didn't do that. And, and the family, the fam I'll just come back to the family, the family, they were all great partners because everybody knew their job and everybody did it. Everybody knew it and everybody did it. And they got a great result. This whole family did. This just it was it was a marvel for us to be able uh, to to watch them function together, uh, a mom and her daughters, and then always remembering uh, the gentleman that owned his house. His first name was Ken, and there's a sign on one of the garages down next uh, uh, down downstairs. It says Ken's place on it. And I took a picture of it and I sent to you sent it to you. And I said, you know what? We've taken everything out of this house. Ken's place, this little sign is going to hang on the door because uh, he's going to help us create good vibes for the sale, and he did. So anyway, if you guys need us, it started with a sit-down with them about a year ago. All you have to do is go to ronitonsitdown.com, and we'll jump on that real estate journey today. Hey, you guys, so what is your story? That's what Ron and I have done on the radio for decades and here on the podcast is we tell people's stories. And you know what? Chances are if you've lived here in the great specific Northwest, as my son likes to call it, you probably have a Les Schwab story where you've stopped by, maybe you bought some tires from the other guys. They fix it anyways, and they send you on your way. Or, or when you go to the other guys, not only do they charge you, they're like, yeah, we can't fix your one tire. You need 12 tires. And you're like, but I only have four tires on this rig. They upsell and upsell and upsell. You don't have to worry about that at Les Schwab. Hey, and here's something cool. They're celebrating the fact that they've been around now for 70 years. And, Ron, everyone could go out and win – a $700 gift certificate. How do you do that? Yeah, you go to leschwab.com, tell your Les Schwab story, and enter to win. And that's just a great way to get 700 bucks. While you're online, schedule a free 
pre-trip safety check. Uh, we're in the dead of winter. We're going to go into spring. You should just get stuff checked out. It's a safety visual inspection. It includes your tires, wheels, alignment, brakes, shocks, and struts, all absolutely free of charge. Schedule your uh, safety check at leshwab.com, or you can stop by your local Les Schwab store and just tell them Ron and Don sent you. Les Schwab Tires, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. I would definitely recommend working with Ron and Don. Completely satisfied. 100% guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> if you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. We are Team Greenland, and we sat down, down with Ron, Ron and Don. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we talked about pricing. We talked about staging. We talked about location, about what the market was like. He gave us so much information. We would have a game plan and there'd be a team helping us and we went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Ron and Don, we got the house of our dreams under asking price, which just does not happen in this market. And we could not be happier. And we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support. Uh, we got an offer, I think day one, that was twenty-five to 50000 over asking. I'm like telling my wife, don't you think we should take this? And she's like, no, we're sticking to this. We're going to wait till that offer review, review date, like Ron and Don said, waited till offer review date. And we had like seven or eight more offers and an offer a 100000 over asking. With Ron and Don, you get two great minds that perfectly complement each other. You get the data and analytics, you get the creativity, the drive, and the energy. They are, they are the complete package. If someone asked me, in fact, someone did ask me uh, recently how we sold our house so fast, and I said, well, we had a great realtor team. And that makes all the difference. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Only. 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. On the Ron and Don Radio Network. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I don't know if you ever had a health class. Where, and this is kind of weird. Did you guys read out of books? Did you did you go around the room and ever just read out Read of out books? loud, you mean? Yeah, and in health class, we would never read out of books until it was time to talk about sex. And I remember I was in sixth grade. My son's in sixth grade. The reason I'm talking about this is because they – they started sex education this week. I bet the curriculum is a little bit different in Seattle, Washington than it was in Alabama. I don't know if it is. I don't, really? I don't I I may it may not be. So so anyway, I I I, rem, I remember what you would do because you kind of knew the order and you'd look and you say, Okay, well Tim Nolan, he's gonna read first and then Sherry's gonna read seventh. Yeah, they second, would do like a little paragraph. And I'm gonna read seventh, and then you go through and you see the word fallopian tubes. You 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 know you gotta somehow get fallopian tubes, and you're giving credit to Tim Nolan over there because he just got through vagina and penis 
all in the same ring. Still makes me uncomfortable. He still got through. I know those are the correct words. I still don't like it. And then you feel really bad for the guy or gal when you kind of look down the way and you're like, oh, man. Chucky Esau has to mention penis, vagina, (laughs) and vulva. He has to, and we're not talking a Volvo here. So, so. And, and we were not allowed to laugh. And, it, and if you laugh, then you'd have to go stand outside the classroom. What about when they wheel and, the overhead projector in? Yeah. And I remember, I remember one day there was, there's almost the whole class standing outside the class. There was no one left to read because we all got laughing so hard. And it actually, our, our health teacher is actually our gym teacher. And my football coach. And I he, think they and made he, and, he, and he actually started laughing too. As an adult, you look back and go, okay, they just needed a giggle. Like the teachers knew that you could have read silently. Yeah. And this was entertainment yeah. for the teacher. So, so I, I, my, my son and I were out playing basketball yesterday. He's actually getting pretty good. And, and, and he'll, he, he likes to go over his classes every day. What is he, he asked me about my day, asked him about him. We go over the classes. What do you, what do you learn? And then he said, well, uh, talked about sex today. And I said, what? He goes, yep, health class, daddy. We're talking about sex. I'm like, hmm. I go, what's, it, what's that like? He said, well, we're going around the room and everyone's reading. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Why can't I be there? I'd love to be. We're going around the room. And is every- Mr. Hernandez the teacher? Yeah, we're going around the room. Everyone's reading. And he said, people are just so immature because they're laughing and giggling all the time. Hmm. And, and, and he is very serious about his studies? I guess so. I guess he's serious Where about it. Where'd he get that from? So then I, I, I just looked at him, and I, and, and I said, what's everyone giggling about? He said, well, when, the, when they say the words, I said, words like fallopian tubes? And I just let it sit. And he started giggling a little bit, and I said, words like vagina and vulva and penis and where your penis goes and rectum and anus and... <laughs> We were both howling. We were both just howling. Because at the end of the day, whether you're in sixth grade uh, health class 35 years ago, you're in sixth grade class today, or you're just a couple of dudes out playing some basketball in the playground, rectum's always going to be a pretty funny one. And your maturity level is about at the sixth grade level (laughs) to this day. Anyway, you guys, stay tuned to the podcast. If I learn anything new, I'll let you know. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, what's going on? We're here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. Mitch, I want to ask you, a long time ago in my 20s, I was in the car business. I used to buy cars wholesale. And I'd stand in an auction lane, and I'd call some of my partners, and they'd say what the car looked like. It was either a triple-dipple diamond, which would be like a turnkey house, if we're talking houses and cars, or it might be something called a roach or an edge box, meaning this could be a really cool car, but it needs some work. Houses in an up market, everybody wants the triple dipple diamond. Everybody wants the turnkey. But where you can really create value for yourself is going out and buying that roach or something that's a little edgy. Problem that people have those. I spent all this money on this house and now I have nothing left for renovation. 
talk to us a little bit because we have mortgage products out there for people that may need some money back in order to finish that kitchen, right? Yeah, and that's what we do. We have rehab loans and we have construction loans and they're as little as 5% down and you get to use the rest of that money in order to build that new kitchen you want. That new, you can build from the ground up or you can just do a big rehab on a house that just needs a little finishing work to make it what you want. All right, you can find out more at Mitch.loans. Tell them Ron and Don sent you and you get that one half percent back on the value of your loan. That's Mitch.loans. NMLS 1691573. All right, you guys, uh, welcome back to uh, the Ron and Don Show. We've we've talked a little bit about, about the Ukraine uh, and the Ukrainian people, uh, their leader, the fact that 400 specialists were sent in before the war even started to murder him. And uh, as of this broadcast, I haven't been able to pull that off. You you see what some of the brave Ukrainian people have done, armed and not armed, in the face of uh, the Russian soldiers. And then you see some of the Russian soldiers, it seems like, pretty heartbroken that they are having to shell their next-door neighbor. That, that would be us, like, rolling into Canada and blowing up Montreal, right? I mean, can you imagine that? Because uh, Canadian people are so amazing and kind – and so are the Ukrainian people. And, and I can't imagine what it is like for the normal, everyday Russian soldier who's just following orders. In fact, uh, they just passed a law as we're sitting here in Russia uh, that you're not allowed to send out disinformation about how the war effort is going. And you're not allowed to send out pictures of disinformation on how the war effort is well, going. Well, some of those soldiers are reporting that they were told they're doing training exercises. Mm-hmm. And in the weeks leading up to this invasion, that's what Putin would say. We're just doing training exercises. And so he was getting these troops lined up uh, on the border of their country. And then when it was like, oh, no, now it's a real full-scale invasion and you've got live rounds and you will be uh, aiming those live rounds and these missiles at civilians, I think I, I can see how these soldiers, who a lot of them are in their early 20s, are like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. I, I thought we were training. We're going to turn around in a couple of days and go back home. Like now I'm, I'm firing live munitions at, at people, women and children in, in apartment buildings. Like what are we talking about here? Yeah, what are we talking about here? And then, and then you see the pictures of the dead women, children, the Russian soldiers, uh, not as many Ukrainian soldiers. And, and I tell you what, if this becomes a war of where you're trying to go house to house, and it's it's it becomes guerrilla warfare. This this will be worse. I mean, you think about when Russia went into Afghanistan, and then we th- we went in thinking we could do it better. This is going to become another Afghanistan for them because the Ukrainian people are not going to go away. And, and when Zelensky said every able-bodied man from I believe seventeen to sixty was co-opted into like a makeshift military service. I don't hear any stories of, of Ukrainians going, look, dude, I'm 58. Like, I'm just going to go to Poland with, with my rest of my family. People beyond 60 were turning around and signing up. I, I did hear a really interesting thing. And, in, you know, you've talked about being in therapy. Some therapists come out and say, be, be hesitant or, or be mindful to not glorify the trauma that Ukrainians are going through. They are being heroic. 
all the stuff you said is true, but but also realize that there is legit trauma happening and both these things can exist at the same time. There's a, there's a temptation, I think sometimes to just tell the story of the heroism. There is also the story of the people that are down in the subway, uh, children and women and men that are just terrified for no good reason and the trauma that they're going to carry for a long time. Probably this, this is going to be, one of the markers of their life that they're going to have to process and deal with for the rest of their life. No, that's a good point. And, and, and I want to make a similar point. I see pictures of a lot of beautiful Ukrainian women picking up arms. And, and so they're really being celebrated on our social media channels. And it's like, we have to be careful of that. Cause that's propaganda to you guys, right? Just, just to think that there's, you know, a million beautiful Ukrainian women uh, that are out there with AK 47s and taking back their country. Uh, and who the hell cares if they're, if they're beautiful or not, there are certainly women that are doing that. And, um, I think, I think it's, a. I mean, I, I just think we have to be careful with that. I think we have to be careful about, um, what it's like for a lot of those women on those real battle lines fighting a real war, uh, versus some of the pictures that we have seen. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it it's interesting because the world is with them and yet we can't provide air cover like we could somewhere else because then we would then officially be to war with Russia. And the president was very clear in his state of the union address that we are not going to war with Russia, which uh, I think that's why people have really doubled down on the, uh, on the sanctions. And uh, and they seem to be working too. So, did you watch the? Uh, we'll get out of here. Did you watch the State of the Union the other night? Or I did. I watched it. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was. Um, it started off, I think, great, and then in the middle, I was still hanging, and then at the end, I was like, "He wants to solve every problem that's ever existed," and he would just make these broad statements of like. Free food for everybody. <laughs> You're like, what does that mean? Yeah. Everybody gets an electric car. It felt like an Oprah's favorite things episode. So after a while, I was like, okay, I was with you. And now it's just turned into some platitudes of like, why don't we provide college to everybody? And you're yeah. like, okay, sure. Well, why well, don't we? Well, it's very interesting though, that he said a lot of positive things that Republicans could respond to. And, and I think they got tired of standing up and clapping. They're like, did you just say fund the police? What? You're saying fun the you're a Democrat. You're up there let saying me, let me change my rebuttal speech because I was gonna. You're saying but that. Yeah, and on the rebuttal speech, you could tell that that speech had been written before he spoke. Because if you listen to the rebuttal speech, she's going after him about things that they were on the same page and he agreed with them on. So it's really insulin should only be thirty dollars a month. Wait a minute, yeah. as he just said that. That's a, that, uh, politicians are great. They have to create a problem, and the only way to create a problem is create a vision division. And then once they can create a problem and division, then they are the only solution. Right? That's how politics work. That's how you get elected. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by and listening to this episode. We sure appreciate it. If you want to reach out to us in the same way this family did over in uh, Magnolia, and sometimes you just really need someone to believe in an old house to believe in the family, the memories, tell the story. That's what we are. We're storytellers, right? And if we would have done what those other real estate agents said and just said, hey, go ahead and tear that, that house down, 
that that would be probably eight hundred thousand less dollars to that family. And as you get older, uh, two million dollars, especially if you have any kind of care, memory care, or anything, it's not a lot of money anymore because life is expensive. I have a couple friends whose parents are in care facilities right now, and it's not even memory care, and it's still seventeen thousand dollars a month. It's like, whoa, it's a lot of money. So anyway, if uh, people need us, how should they reach out? Uh, you can email me directly, ron at windermere.com. You can also go to our website, ronadonsitdown.com. Uh, we would love to be a part of your real estate journey. All right, guys, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time right here. Only on the Ronadon Radio. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ronadon Radio Network.